When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Um, before we really dive into the, just the full details of that Sixers game last night, um, let's take a look at the Nuggets versus Bucks. And I'll tell you guys, honestly, um, when that game started, so the first quarter, I was still out with my boys, um, with my mentees. So we're still doing our Dart Wars thing that night. And as I get into the car, I actually plug my phone up into the car and I have it playing on my drive home because it was a 30 minute drive on my way home. So I didn't get to see the first quarter, but I got to hear a lot of it. And you started to hear, oh, Jamal Murray is doing this and Jamal Murray is shooting over Drew Holiday and Jamal Murray. And I was like, dang, Jamal, you're going crazy. You know, um, so I thought obviously he he played well. Um, and then I, I got home right as the first quarter was ending. So I started to, I saw everything after that. Um, but you but one of the things that really stood out to me in that game, and obviously I want you guys to chime in as well, um, was we we got a we got more of a taste of aggressive Jokic, right? We got Jokic looked at uh Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis, and he was like, you know what? I'm going at y'all tonight. Like there is like you saw him intentionally and purposely trying to not only draw fouls, but he wanted to just go at them and show them like, hey, listen, you not as nice as you think you are, Mr. Maybe defensive player of the year. You know, he was going at Brooke Lopez. And obviously we saw in the second half, you know, Bobby Portis was trying to body him up and Jokic was just kind of doing floaters over his head and 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 in reality, that's what it was. Bobby Portis was over his head. Like he just he could not he could not stay with Nikola Jokic in any way, shape, or form as much as he would like to. Um, but obviously the Nuggets getting getting that win. But I thought it was a really good game, you know. And that is still a series that I would love to see in the finals. Like if if for some reason we can get the Nuggets versus Bucks, Giannis versus Jokic in the playoffs. Oh, man, because look at the breakdown of the players, the Drew Holiday versus Jamal, Chris Middleton versus um, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon versus Giannis. But I mean, I mean, technically, it's still Giannis versus Jokic. So you kind of trade those guys off. But that would be an insane matchup. It'll it'll really come down to the bench and which bench really performs. But uh, Nelson, I'm going to start with you here. What were your thoughts just watching that game? What really stood out to you against the Bucks? My takeaway was um, how amazing the Bucks were in the first half. I don't know what their shooting percentage is, um, and I don't know if that's something Jack could look up for just the first half. Um, but I think it had to have been a high in the hot, like 56% or something like that. They were mm-hmm. shooting lights out, and every shot they made, they were staying you know, above the Nuggets, and the Nuggets matched them. Um, pretty much the whole first half 
And um, I did like to see how aggressive um, uh, Jokic was during that time period. It was fun to watch. Counterdicting that to last night when uh, he wasn't really trying to be a force in the first half. I was actually frustrated. But um, against Milwaukee, as you said, he took it to him. I like I like that part of his game. I thought the game would have been a different game if it wasn't a back-to-back for Milwaukee, personally. Um, yes, it was a blowout for Denver, but I felt like there was some that, – that this was maybe a little bit of a tired Milwaukee team after playing the back-to-back against Utah the night before, even though they, they blew the socks off of Utah the night before. Um, I think they had 145 points. And um, so I was relieved. Um, and and the first half, I think um, Giannis had 25 points. Um, thought he was unstoppable. And again, Denver has a tendency to really change the dynamic of the game in the second half. And I thought they did that. And they clamped down on defense. Giannis was not a factor in the second half. And um, I thought it was a great win for the Nuggets. Um, A very impressive win. And a win that I think sent a strong message to the rest of the NBA that the Nuggets were back in a good place. Gotcha, gotcha. Jack, talk to us. What What were your thoughts? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I thought, I mean, Nelson brought up all the great points like he always does. I think uh, to his point that in that beginning with uh, that first quarter, I think it was what, 38 to 37 Milwaukee, like just lights out on both sides. They were both shooting crazy, but, you know, kind of died down. And then what really was the big difference was that third quarter with Denver having 34 and Milwaukee having 19. Which so. seems to be a trend now with the Nuggets. That that third quarter, because <laughs> if you look if you look back to like last year and the year before, the Nuggets third quarters were the dreaded quarters. Those were the quarters yeah. where you look and you're like, oh gosh, the third is about to start. But now, even obviously last night, we'll talk about it. It just seems to be a trend. So you're correct in saying like that third quarter was insane. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it was. And it was just nice to see. I mean, I don't know. At this point, it kind of just seems like, to your point too, like everybody kind of just connects together in the third. And then you, cause like, even like, I don't know, we, these guys, they, they all have, of course, bring their own unique characteristics, but it seems like that mesh is, is exemplified in that third quarter. And then to that point, and then on the defensive side, it seems like we see that in the fourth quarter. So of course with Milwaukee, they held them about 21 in the fourth. Granted, a past couple games before that, they've been a little lackluster in the fourth, allowing I think even the the Sixers game was was about 30 points for the Sixers in the fourth. So I, w- I would say mostly on the season average, you saw more of that fourth quarter lockdown defense. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really just nice to see the whole team play cohesively. No one had negative uh, plus minus, which was crazy for the Bucks game. Um, you know, Jokic was always just doing what he did. To, to Jeremy's or to uh, Nelson's point too, I think that like it, it was weird because yeah, he went lights out in the in the first half, and then I mean he still played really consistent. I was surprised he only had six rebounds to finish the game, um, and then the other surprise I had too was that he was he was one for six on three. I was surprised he was he was taking all of those, but 
hey, you know, you can't you can't win them all with uh, the shots he takes. But I was really happy to see that he still got 10 for 20, you know, kept that 50 percent or more. It was good to see that uh, that little combination there. But, you know, as you saw, you could and I would definitely say the Sixers and the Bucks game. You really start to see them solidify that bench unit with uh, Jeff Green, Najee, Watson and Brown or not, not Watson, excuse me. But I, I, it, it's kind of weird. Christian Brown, of course, or it's Christian Brown. I, I was reading it wrong, but um, I would say those four are really going to be his go-to as we can already tell, uh, which is kind of a bummer, especially with Reggie and Thomas Bryan. But at the same time, they really didn't show in that stretch that they had, that they were capable of being those solid bench players quite yet. So we still got faith in them. I definitely do, but I just think, we're going to run it with those four guys, at least for now, but I'm really confident in that four because that that kind of quote-unquote playoff bench really has shown promise. Can I just say this too? Um, out of the, you know, the three teams in the East that everybody would predict uh, a finals matchup with Denver, uh, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, I personally would love to see the Nuggets match up against Milwaukee. I thought even with all the players out in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. the Nuggets stayed with the Bucks until the fourth quarter of that game in Milwaukee without uh, Jokic, I believe, and Jamal mm-hmm. were out of Correct. that mm-hmm. game. I, correct, yep. Yep. So, and if you remember, they have a very successful – um rate of winning games in Milwaukee. Um mm-hmm. I think for whatever reason Denver matches up well against Milwaukee. Um I'm not so sure about Philadelphia and Boston, especially Boston with their defense. Um but I I would love to see a, a Milwaukee Denver series cuz I think we could win the championship. I think so too. I think so too and um because if you look at it some of Jokic's best career games were against the Bucs, right? Like the, the fastest triple-double in, in NBA history against the Bucs. They even showed like another – he had like another 31-plus triple-double prior to this one to this game um, against the Bucs. So he just plays well against that team. So I think, I think you're correct. I think um, it's just a matchup because matchups make the fights, right? And that is exactly what we're seeing here uh, because there are just certain teams that are in the league right now that – could give the Nuggets some fits, but then other teams that are technically better in the standings, the Nuggets could play better against them, right? So it's just it's just weird. Look at look at the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic smacked up the Boston Celtics three straight times this season, and I'm talking about it was like pretty handily. Not one, not really. Those games weren't really that close. It's just the Magic for some reason. Not that they're a better team than the Celtics, but they just seem to match up well with what the Celtics, what their vulnerabilities are. Right. And that's and that is exactly what this stuff comes down to. And you talked about the the Bucks being on a second out of a back to back. Right. And here's why I don't feel bad about that. One, because we did we did talk about that prior when we were talking about just the predictions and stuff going into the weekend. Um, but if you remember correctly, I don't remember. I don't know specifically what year this was. This might have been 2018, 2017, something like that. I know Jokic was on the team. I know Jamal Murray was on the team. Um but if you remember, the Nuggets had a back-to-back where they only suited up seven players, 
right? Remember that. Right. One against and, one was against Utah. Exactly. So you're you're talking about the same two teams, right? So the Nuggets had played the Jazz prior or Milwaukee prior. Milwaukee what, prior. Right. And then they went and then they beat the Jazz the, the right. next night in Utah. And it was That's like right. so I remember that that moment seeing how I felt because I was like, man, like, the, why would the schedule people do the Nuggets like this? And then all of a sudden they went out there with seven people fatigued, just tired like crazy and got it done. You know, so for me, it was like, man, listen, man, Chris Middleton ain't really played much all season. So he, what do you do? What, he ain't tired. What are you tired about? <laughs> you know, um, so so for me, it's like, listen, I understand how back to backs work. And the Nuggets have obviously had to deal with that. On numerous occasions, we saw that against the Knicks last weekend, um, you know, and then having to, to, well, of course, they didn't go that far because it was Brooklyn, you know, going from Manhattan to Brooklyn, you know, not too crazy. Um, But still, like the Nuggets have had to deal with that. And now when other teams have to deal with it, you ain't getting no remorse for me, man. You ain't getting none of that. It's like when the Nuggets can get a win on a big team on a second night of a back to back, I welcome it any day of the week and so and so do i brother so do i i'm just saying that team looked tired in the second half and um it is only from utah to denver that's not a long flight either by the way and i'm sure they rested um some of their starters considering that was a blowout win against utah so they don't have too many excuses yeah um but i i just thought and maybe it was just the Nuggets' dominance, but I thought it was interesting how they did fold in the second half. They looked like a tired team, um, and maybe I'm wrong about that. I, I'm super happy they won. I love yeah, the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah. So if they ever get a chance to win, we're all happy. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now, now speaking of winning, right? Um, obviously, the the biggest matchup. I mean, yes, the Milwaukee matchup was huge, right? But in no way was it even comparable to the hype that was going into the Nuggets versus Sixers. No, no comparison. That was that was the game that everybody was saying, this is the one that determines the MVP. This is the one, this is where Jokic gets a chance to, as they would say, get his lick back. This is his revenge game. Finally, Joel Embiid comes to Denver and Jokic gets to, to be on, well, I mean, are the, well, I believe the Nuggets are, what, second in the league right now in a home record. I think Memphis may be a half game above them. I think the Nuggets are 32-6, and six, and I think Memphis is 32-5. and five. If, I, if I, I think so. You know, Jack, you got you to gotta correct me if I'm wrong there. But um, I, do, I do think that Memphis had a slightly better record, at least by a half game. But whatever. You know, you're, you're, always right. you're always right. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, you're kind of pulling hairs at that point. Um, but I, I thought that that would have made a big difference, right? Like having the Sixers come to town and Jokic and the Nuggets finally get a chance to perform because I'm pretty sure – they, they practiced and they strategized and everything was about the matchup with Joel Embiid. That's what it was. I know that's what it was because you – and you come out, but you see Dwayne Dedman and you see Paul Reed. I mean, yes, they had decent games, but in no way were they going to do what, what Joel Embiid was doing or, or in no way were they going to command the same level of defensive intensity. And like I talked about, that third quarter, the Nuggets – they turned up. The Nuggets went back into that mode where they were, where they told everybody like, "Hey, this is what we do when we really lock in." Their defense just went absolutely crazy. They start they locked down Tyrese Maxey, who went crazy in the first half, and 
they played like a championship team in the third quarter. And that seems to be the trend right now. But what is happening in the fourth quarters? Are the Nuggets getting bored after they go up by 18 to 20? Is that what we're seeing? Because you can't do that. Like, like that, that getting bored stuff is all right. And yes, I'm glad they won. But Nelson, you, you even mentioned it even before um, we got going here. Um that you were kind of scared about that. Like, cause I was a little, I was worried. I'm telling y'all, I was tweeting through the whole game confident. I'm tweeting through the third quarter, real confident. Just everybody seeing, Hey, look, Jeremy's on the timeline doing this. My tweets about the nuggets and the Sixers are going crazy. Then all of a sudden that score started to dwindle and my heart started to beat fast. And I'm sitting there like, listen, this is not cool. So you're sitting at 18. It goes down to 15. Then it goes down to 11 and, nine and six and i'm like if y'all blow this game like I, like truth be told had the nuggets lost that game last night that whole mvp top stuff i don't want to hear it seriously like that's how crazy that would have been because to think the nuggets play against the sixers at home without Embiid and without james harden and then the nuggets still lose oh no we would not have been able to live that up i'm telling y'all now um but jack what, what were your thoughts just while watching that game i'm sure you you experienced a lot of those same little heart movements that i did in that fourth quarter but uh just what were your thoughts just while watching it yeah man i mean one thing i will tell you when i saw the score was 110 to 91 no one told i could have never told you that would it would have finished 116 to 111 like that nail biter at the end to your to your exact point i was shocked i was i had no idea what was going on everybody was missing everything KCP missed two straight threes, like, like that kind of stuff. It was just like, it was, it kind of was just like the perfect storm that we have been seeing in these, in these fourth quarters. So it was, it was surprising, you know, of course I was disappointed. You wanted to see the Embiid, uh, Jokic matchup, but, and I, I even talked to Connor about this on Twitter too, just about how, of course you want the Nuggets to win. I would never not want the Nuggets to win, but it's like, I just wanted to see the matchup if anything, like, even if it was a, like, I, of course, I want to be a close game, but like just those two players, the two MVP frontrunners, like let's see that really play out. So the fact that he missed the game, and I'm not going to say why, because uh, you know, no, no one's going to, you know, I don't know. I can't put words in his mouth. Like, I don't know how he's actually feeling. Mm-hmm, right. I do even totally agree with some of the analysis I've seen about putting the blame on the Sixers. Like, why isn't he resting against the Suns? If, if this if this calf injury is as big of a deal as it is, like, why aren't they – like, they know, just first of all, viewership, all of that, they're going to rake in so much more money if they're playing with against the Nuggets or with, with them beat in. So, you know, I was just shocked by it. I, I mean, Philly on a three-game losing streak now, which was my uh, perfect outcome of the weekend because yeah, I was, sure I was, was. Just yeah. really hoping, you know, because – oh, man – but again, it's not as satisfying with the with the possible MVP out as well. So, you know, I, of course, I thought it was a good game, especially for the Nuggets up until that fourth quarter. Again, I mean, I'll just kind of harken back to that cohesion. I thought everybody was playing really well. We did see – I was really surprised – well, I guess it's because kind of they were choking, but we did just see that solidified bench unit that I was talking about earlier. Bruce Brown, he's really picked it up. Of course, everybody yeah. can – Fix he's, start, he's starting to get better, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, everybody can – he can still tweak some things. But it's, it, it does feel, though, like if one player is bringing his mojo back, the others go others are going down. And 
I don't know what's going on with Aaron Gordon. At least some of the shooting he's doing. It's. it's I don't want to see him shoot a three for the rest of the season. I don't either. I, I don't want. I like if if Aaron Gordon is standing behind the three point line, you better be passing that ball, buddy. I don't want to. I don't want to see another three point. Like the other day when he shot a three, I almost ducked behind my TV, bro. Like he is. <laughs> he is. Them things are missing bad, bad right now. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he had an air ball from the corner. Oh, I remember God. that. Yeah, he was sure did. Like, he almost hit a cameraman. So bad, so bad. <laughs> um, there's so many points that I want to talk about. I mean, did anybody see the poster that that was up all around Ball Arena about? And beat uh-huh. missing in action. That was, that was petty, man. And they, and, was... they, and they misspelled his name. I mean, I just, I laughed and I thought it was hilarious. And like such a gotcha moment. Like I, I know I should be better than that. But with all the crap that the Philly fans have been talking. Oh, it was warranted. Then, oh, it was warranted. It was beautiful. Sure. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And then you, like, you even saw like little kids holding the sign and then Philly fans like ripping on the kids. And I was just like, this is great. Like I thought that was beautiful, but the, um, the moment when um, Chris Marlowe said, well, you know, this is going to be a Sixers loss and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, don't say that. And then to see the number just keep going down with virtually nobody's on the court for them. I mean, Paul Reed, like you said, was torching them and um, just all their backups were in. And I was just like, this is Maxie wasn't even playing. And I was just like, come on guys. Like you got to get these stops. And then Malone was, you know, Malone drives me crazy still. Like, why is Aaron Gordon not in the game and Uncle Jeff is in the game? That's and a I, good point. And I, yep. I thought, I, I was like, is Aaron Gordon hurt? Like, what the heck is going on here? And then after the game, you see Malone going up to him and apologizing. Like, he ignored Doc Rivers, went right over to um, to Aaron Gordon. It was like, dude, I'm so sorry I forgot about you. Like, how does your how does somebody on the bench, like, that genius Skip Saunders or whatever his name is. How come that guy doesn't go up to uh, Malone and say, let's bring back Aaron. I'm like, what the heck are you thinking? Yeah. Um, And then uh, to turn it around and be captain positive again, uh, which I always am. I know you guys love that about me um, (laughs) is uh, Bruce Brown. Just finally, after the Philadelphia game when he was flopping around his arms like a, a seal in heat um, after he made that one three-pointer, I thought that was so fun. And then um, to see him turn it around because he was in a massive, awful shooting We, we need him. We need and, him. Yeah, and he hit that floater from the free throw line, mm-hmm. and he just did some good things. His defense to me still is kind of iffy. Like right. he too many blow buys. Um, and I thought he was going to be more of a defensive specialist, but whatever. He's so needed. Um, he's a key component. We got to get KCP turned around. Uh, his offense is in the crapper right now. Uh, Aaron yeah. Gordon, uh, Aaron Gordon, as you both said, is throwing up major ducks um, for three point three pointers. And um, but otherwise, guys, we're back. 
Yeah. Hello. It, it, it seems it <laughs> seems that seems to be the case. That seems to and, be uh, the case. Yeah. And uh, and I say that lightly too because I hate saying we're back. The Nuggets are back and play, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, girls and oh, yeah. boys. So, anyways, yeah, I'm excited. Can you tell? <laughs> 